It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, friends? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Billy Rossetti of All Panthers on SI with you here as we're rolling along, talking some more mock draft goodness because we've got Mel Kuyper's mock that just dropped over at uh, ESPN Plus and certainly some uh, interesting scenarios that played out in Mel Kuyper's mock, particularly who the Panthers picked and what the decision wound up being. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, and then also talk about some of the comments earlier this week from ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum. And as you'll quickly see, some of this stuff starts to intertwine because they all end up being uh, pretty similar to each other in terms of draft picks. So I'll just go right ahead and... Uh, and I'm sure by the time you see this too, you'll see you'll see it on Twitter. So kind of spoiling, kind of not, I guess. Uh, but the latest mock draft from Mel Kuyper, which interestingly enough, I never realized this was his first mock draft ever that he actually did trades. I never actually, I never realized that that Mel Kuyper had never done mock drafts with trades before, but he did so this year or or. This well, yeah, this this year, but particularly this mock draft that just dropped uh, this morning, and the first trade actually came between the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets in an interesting uh, scenario here. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence went number one to the Jaguars in this mock, but then he's got the Falcons moving up from number four to number two in a trade with the Jets, projecting uh, the Falcons sending a second round pick. And I think I guess a couple extra picks. He kind of compared it to the Mitchell Trubisky deal. Remember when the Bears traded up one spot from three to two to take Trubisky? So it was similar to that trade. But he has the Falcons taking Zach Wilson at number two, which again I find really interesting, considering you know I think the Jets are going to stick at number two. But now supposedly there's rumblings they could be in the market to trade that number two pick. So who knows? But you have to think, too, if the Jets are in the market for trading that number two pick, the Panthers absolutely are going to be on the phone with Joe Douglas. You know, instead of waiting and see if, you know, who might fall to number three, the Panthers look like they're going to be aggressive enough to make that move to number two, just give up some of those picks and let's take a look real quick too at the draft value chart and obviously we're going to be referencing referencing this thing a lot over the next couple of weeks so we look at the points total now between uh number two and using the old jimmy johnson model number two versus number eight if we're going to talk about the panthers trading with the jets so the second pick 
is worth 2,600 points. The eighth pick, which the Panthers hold, of course, sits at 20, uh, 1,400 points. Excuse me. So it's about a 1,200-point difference. Panthers are going to move up from 8 to 2, and I think we've kind of discussed this before, but it's worth, worth repeating here. Uh, the 1,200 points pretty much means you're either throwing in the second-round pick and maybe some extra picks this year, or you're just going to go ahead and throw in, say, the second-round pick this year plus your first-round pick next year. Because, of course, you know, as, as we know, these front offices, they tend to fu uh, value future draft picks around later as, as they usually go. So a, uh, a first-round pick next year they kind of value as a second-round pick. We kind of saw that discussion when talking about the, the picks that the Eagles received for Carson Wentz and specifically the compensatory, the uh, conditional second round pick that could become a first round pick if, of course, Carson Wentz meets a certain threshold, which he probably will. So the Eagles will probably get a first round pick next year, but they tend to value it around later than what they actually are. So in this case, if you're valuing that pick, the first rounder next year as a second rounder, that probably means you effectively are sending two second round picks theoretically uh, to the Jets, but that would make up the difference to get from eight to two. So you're probably talking second round pick next, second round pick this year, and then maybe let's say I don't know, throw in a, a fourth round pick to um, as well as the first round pick next year to move up from eight to two and get your, you know, whichever quarterback you want. And I think that's a position that the Panthers would probably envy, you know, a position that David Tepper and Matt Rule would probably really want to be, really would love to be in because now instead of just waiting to see what's available, they could just move up and have their pick of, you know, whoever they want, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, whatever the case may be. And they, they would probably feel it'd be worth throwing in that extra ammo to be able to have that decision. Now, on the flip side, too, I would imagine um, in the back of their mind, they're when they're ready to make that trade, they're probably going to think of they're probably going to have in mind who they're going to take with that pick. But they would, I'm sure, take that little bit of extra time just to make sure they have all their all their ducks in a row. But that's like I said, I think that's a position they would like to be shown that they are going to be aggressive enough that I think they could make the deal if the... And again, it takes two to tango. So this is if the Jets want to make that deal. If the Jets want to trade the number two pick instead of just sitting tight and taking one of the quarterbacks or taking Sewell or whatever the case may be. So that's just a little rant. I got, I got a little off track. Uh, but we're talking about... Uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft, and of course, that's how we got into all this all this mess. But uh, Zach Wilson trading up to number two, Devontae Smith to the Dolphins at three, and then the Jets, after trading back to number four, actually go with Kyle Pitts. You know, obviously, a, you know, a really great tight end, and Mel obviously believes now that they are going to stick with Sam Darnold to give him essentially one last shot. So we shall see. Five is Panay Sewell to the Bengals. Uh, the Eagles go with Jamar Chase at number six 
Seven is another trade. Lions trading the seventh pick to the 49ers. And the 49ers trade up for Justin Fields. Now, this is an interesting situation, too, because now, with in, in this scenario, with Fields kind of falling down the board a little bit, you know, getting out of the top five, would the Panthers make a move here, say, with the Bengals at number five or the Eagles at number six, knowing that Detroit is a prime candidate to trade down from number seven? As we saw here with Mel Kuyper, as we saw, as we've seen, as we've seen, <laughs> getting a little tongue-tied here, getting a little excited. As we've seen with multiple mock drafts, we've seen Kyle a mock uh, one of Kyle Krabs's mock drafts did so. One of uh, Dane Brugler's mocks. We've seen a couple of scenarios where Detroit has traded out. If I remember correctly, both of them had actually actually had Detroit trading all the way down to nineteen in a trade with Washington. This is just a trade from 7 to 12, but still, bottom line is Detroit is a prime candidate to move back from number 7 and continue to acquire picks on top of of course the two first the two upcoming first round picks they will now have over the next 2 years. So if Justin Fields starts to, if the Panthers don't trade up to number 2 or number 3 and they sit tight and they see that Justin Fields slips down the board, especially even if he just gets past number four. You have to think the Panthers are going to get on the phone with um, with the Cincinnati Bengals and Duke Tobin and say, hey, what do you want for that number five pick? And, well, let's, again, look at the draft trade value chart. It's And obviously now it's a big difference going to number two versus going to number five. It's only 1,700 points. For that number five pick with the Bengals, and again, 1,400 for the Bengals, or for the Panthers, at number eight. So that's only a 300-point difference. So really, the Panthers can probably get away with, you know, if they want to be aggressive and throw in their second-round pick, they could. Or maybe, say, a third and maybe a future second, maybe a second-rounder next year. Because, again, the whole theoretics not or you know the whole theory of future draft picks are valued around later. So a second rounder next year would essentially be valued as say a third rounder. So maybe a third rounder this year and a second rounder next year maybe that could be enough to move up just three spots here. And again, if you really want to be aggressive, maybe they go a second this year and a second next year. Or maybe they just throw in their first next year. I don't know. But the but the bottom line is it might not take as much to get up to number five, but that would be a prime spot, I think, if Justin Fields is sitting there. Call up the Bengals, make them an offer, see if you can move up those three spots and make sure that you get Justin, F you know, in this scenario, Justin Fields, because you get ahead of Philadelphia, who's now supposedly contemplating a quarterback at number six. You get ahead of Detroit at number seven, who's a prime candidate to trade out to a team that would trade in to get a quarterback and jump ahead of Carolina. So this way, this is that they get their guys. And now the other teams are kind of scrambling for 
the two remaining guys. Now, could the could the uh, Panthers sit and take and just stay with? But if they really like Z Justin Fields in this scenario, this would be the time to strike. If he's sitting, if he's still on the board at number five, you know, and I, I know it probably. I don't know how Bengals fans would be, feel about it because I know their crown jewel would be sitting right there at number five in Panay Sewell, but he would probably still be there potentially at number eight, or they can certainly settle for, and I use that term loosely, for Rashawn Slater. But that's just another scenario I think that the Panthers have to consider. But then we actually get to the pick that Mel Kuyper does for the Panthers at number eight, and they do take a quarterback. It's not Trey Lance. It's Mac Jones. And that ties into the comments, too. I, obviously, I don't think these became mutually exclusive. It just so happened that Mel had Mac Jones a little higher on his board. But this whole week really started to become kind of the, uh, the Mac Jones and Carolina show, especially over at... ESPN. But I'm going to save that for just a minute and we'll dive into a little more detail in just a moment because I do want to give a quick shout out to a couple of our sponsors before I go any further and before we get into some detail. So quick reminder, today's episode being brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com, the family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So whether you're a classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and always the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck? And of course, remember to write the words locked on in there, how did you hear about this section, so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And today's episode also being brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And shout out to them again. I just got another shipment for them. Got the coconut brownie. Excited to dive into that and into the peanut butter crisp because you know me. I'm a big chocolate and peanut butter guy. So really appreciate the uh, really appreciate the support there, Built Bar. I, I've told you guys, don't just take my word for it. Try it for yourself. So many delicious. So many delicious different flavors. Pretty much if you have some sort of sweet tooth for a certain flavor, chances are Built Bar has it because they've got cherry flavors. They've got carrot cake. They've got raspberry, peanut butter, banana bread, salted caramel, orange, coconut, all kinds of good stuff. Go give them a shot. Nut flavors, non-nut flavors, pretty much something for everybody. And again, this is basically eating a candy bar but you get the health benefits of eating a protein bar. They're great if you're on a keto diet, great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight, and they're easy to chew. Again, it's basically a candy bar, 100% chocolate, 
and high in calorie, or excuse me, low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. So go check out BuiltBar.com today and save yourself a little bit of money by using the promo code Locked On. Get 20% off your next order. So again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, and you get 20% off your next order. So let's talk about Mac Jones here, and again, kind of the whole uh, Mac Jones week, so whatever you want to call it, over at uh, ESPN, because it started earlier this week, and again, we've, we already established that the Panthers took Mac Jones in Mel Kuyper's, uh, in Mel Kuyper's mock, but again, we also saw earlier in the week, Mike Tannenbaum, of course, the ESPN analyst, believes that that uh, Mac Jones's ceiling apparently is, or excuse me, his floor rather, his floor is number eight. This came during an interview with SiriusXM on Monday. He said, "Quote." You know, because he was talking about Mac Jones and talking about how the Panthers, you know, were obviously working with him. And he said, quote, during the week, it was no question it was Mac Jones. I don't think he'll go lower than eight. You could just look at the body language between him and Matt Rule and look at the year Mac Jones had. What, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions, completed 77% of his passes, and he had a lot less weapons. When you go back a year ago, Tua had four number one picks with Jerry Judy, Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. This year, Waddle gets hurt, and all he has is Devontae Smith. When we talk about guys like Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones, players that really helped themselves at the Senior Bowl, I think Mac Jones is going, going to be a big part of that narrative moving forward, unquote. Now, obviously, we have to... Yes, it was technically less weapons, I guess, than what... Tua Tonga-Vailoa had, and yes, Jalen Waddle was hurt, but obviously the flip side of that is that Devontae Smith went on to win the Heisman Trophy, right? He becomes the first receiver in almost 30 years, close to 30 years, to win the Heisman Trophy. So it's not like Mac Jones really didn't have anything. He had the Heisman Trophy winner, on his team, he had a receiver that caught 117 passes, 1,800-plus yards, and 23 touchdowns. So it's not like he didn't have anything. And oh, by the way, of course, he had an incredible running back that could also potentially go in the first round in Najee Harris. And he had a boatload of pros in front of him on the offensive line between Alex Leatherwood, Deontay Brown, uh, Landon Dickerson, among others. So, yeah, it's not like Mac Jones elevated that offense. Sure, Mac Jones obviously still threw them the ball and did a nice job doing so. But it's like we talked about before. This is what's going to make this case study extremely interesting. Is Was Mac Jones a product of everything around him? Or did he help stabilize that offense, too? And I've even seen, you know, for example, like Steven Ruiz had an interesting comparison to Mac Jones, and that was Kirk Cousins. So you're basically now asking yourselves, if you believe, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and make comparisons right now. Honestly, I've never been good 
at player comparisons. I've never been good yet at saying this draft prospect reminds me of this player or, you know, so-and-so is, is this player, blah, blah, blah. I've never been good at that yet. You know, I'm still kind of working at it, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to compare. So I'm not going to come right out right now and say, yeah, I compare um, Mac Jones to Kirk Cousins or I compare Mac Jones to Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever the case may be. I'm not going to do that. But if you believe that Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins, then you got to ask yourself, is that worth the number eight overall pick? If I believe that Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins, no, I do not believe he's worth the eighth overall pick. And I've said that before, even before this comparison. I like Mac Jones. I think he's a fine quarterback. I don't think he's a top 10 pick. I don't think the Panthers would take him with a top 10 pick, especially with the scenario that played out in Mel Kuyper's mock, that Trey Lance is still on the board. Now you're really throwing a wrench into the equation because now you're passing over what could be plenty of upside in Trey Lance for Mac Jones. And again, this is no disrespect to Mac Jones. But if you feel he's topped out from what he did at Alabama, are you taking that at number eight over Trey Lance? Listen, I get the concerns of Trey Lance. I get the worry that he only played 17 games. I get the fact that they were all against FCS competition. But guess what? He was really, really good against all that FCS competition. And that's what you want to see out of those players. And again, it's not like North Dakota State is out here running concepts that you don't see in the NFL. There's a lot of pro-style stuff in this offense that Trey Lance ran very well. And go check out Mark's... I've mentioned it before. Go check out Mark Schofield's YouTube channel. He has videos on Trey Lance. And usually... Or I shouldn't even say usually, always. When Mark Schofield talks about quarterbacks, especially when it comes to this draft where the Panthers are clearly in the market, I'm going to listen. So if Mark Schofield is telling me that Trey Lance can be a very successful NFL quarterback and was very successful running pro-style concepts at North Dakota State, I'm going to believe that. And I've and I've, you know watched the videos and I've seen a little bit myself. I believe it. Trey Lance can handle an offense. He just needs time to develop, which is why I've said drafting Trey Lance and keeping Teddy Bridgewater is not the worst scenario in the world because now you can roll with Teddy Bridgewater for a little bit. I get it would be a little awkward. I know there would be obviously some rumblings that you'd want to get Trey Lance in there really quickly, but I don't think it'd be the worst idea in the world to keep Trey Lance on the bench for a little bit, let him develop, let him get his confidence going. You know, obviously you would, you're probably going to get the preseason back this year and it's likely only going to be three games. So you probably don't even need to play Teddy that much. You can let Trey kind of handle most of the preseason, you know, whichever game you now deem the regular season tune-up, which will probably be the second one. Because again, I say three because 
we're probably going to have we're, we're probably going to move to the 17 game regular season starting next season which would cut the preseason to 3 so that they could keep that 20 game to- 20 total game schedule between preseason and regular season combined. So you could let Trey Lance play say majority of two of those games and then whichever one you deem the regular season tune up, let Teddy Bridgewater play a half of that and then let Trey Lance do the rest. Let him get his feet wet and then let him learn from Teddy, learn from Joe Brady and then once the season if the season starts to go south then get Trey Lance in there, see what you can do with him, and then give him the full off season in 2022, and let him become the starter, you know, from the get go. So that's a snare I can see playing out, but it would be really strange, especially for a team that's become so aggressive now to go after. You know, to pass up the upside of Trey Lance over Mac Jones. Now, the main reason Mel Kiper picked Mac Jones in this scenario is because he said he has Mel, he has Mac Jones slightly above Trey Lance in his rankings. In fact, here's exactly what Mel Kiper wrote on the pick. We know the Panthers offered this pick to the Lions for Matthew Stafford, and it appears Matt Rule and company are maneuvering to make a play for Deshaun Watson if the Texans to decide to honor his request and trade him. Side note, while I was recording, Diana Rossini tweeted that the Texans are still avoiding conversations in terms of trade talk. So, doesn't sound like anything's happening anytime soon. Obviously, a lot can change, but the Texans have been very adamant about their position of not trading Deshaun Watson. So Mel goes on to write, The team clearly isn't satisfied with Teddy Bridgewater and wants to upgrade. So let's assume Carolina can't pry, Wat- can't pry away Watson and instead looks to the draft. I have Jones just ahead of North Dakota State's Trey Lance in my rankings, but a lot will depend on their interviews with teams leading up to the draft. Jones, who showed tremendous downfield accuracy last season, is more ready to play in 2021, though, and the Panthers have the talent on offense to help him succeed. So I guess that just becomes a matter of, do you think he's ready to play in 2021? Do you draft him and then trade Teddy and then start Mac Jones week one? Is that the direction you go in? I don't know. Interestingly enough, Trey Lance went the very next pick in yet another trade from Mel Kuyper with the New England Patriots trading up to number nine. And boy, I can hear the rumblings already that the Patriots would luck into a really nice quarterback prospect again, even after finishing seven and nine and finishing with the 15th or sitting with the 15th pick, but trading up to number nine and it wouldn't probably wouldn't cost much to get from 15 to nine in fact let's see uh he notes the patriots would have to send the broncos at least the number 15 pick a second round pick and a 2022 pick and he said i wouldn't be shocked if it took the pats 2022 first rounder to get the deal over the finish line 1350 at number nine 1050 number 15 and then New England 
their second round pick is worth 440, but the first round would probably just to would be just to sweeten the deal. But boy, would that be interesting if the Panthers pass over Trey Lance, take Mac Jones, and then New England trades up to get Trey Lance. We'll see. Like I said, I have no disrespect to Mac Jones. I think he's going to be a nice prospect. I think ultimately he does go in the first round, maybe the top half of the first round. I just don't know. That, to me, if the Panthers take Mac Jones at number eight, the Senior Bowl week obviously would have a big factor in that. And that, that would tell me Matt Rule and company were extremely impressed with Mac Jones, so much so that it was worth them taking taking him with the eighth pick. Obviously, a lot can happen, but I just found this really, really fascinating and felt this was worth talking about. And, and obviously, we're going to dig a lot more into Mac Jones in the coming weeks. But again, with everything that was happening this week from Mike Tannenbaum's comments on number eight being his floor to now Mel Kuyper making him the pick in his mock draft. Just a lot happening this week surrounding uh, Mac Jones being penciled with the Carolina Panthers. So, hey, we got a good half hour out of it. So that worked out really well. (laughs) Uh, Before we get out of here, one more quick shout out to one of our great sponsors, our friends, of course, over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head onto the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on. So again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today, use promo code locked on, and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So that was a fun little conversation there on Mac Jones. Uh, like I said, just a lot of interesting stuff with uh with that so i figured this was a good way to kind of combine it all together with the mock with mel's mock draft happening today so just all seemed to flow together pretty well so that was a fun conversation hope you guys enjoyed i hope you got a little something out of it let me know your thoughts what would you do if you were in that position that happened in mel's mock if you're sitting at number eight and it's between trey lance and mac jones what would you do? Or some of the scenarios I laid out before. Would you trade up if Justin Fields starts to fall? Let me know what you guys think. Hit me up on Twitter at Billy underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And of course, podcast. Listen to it basically wherever podcasts are. We are there. Google, iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We're there. Spotify. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate the support. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We will see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We will see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 